In Underwood v. Underwood, 2024, ARC App 51, the Arkansas Court of Appeals considered an appeal by a former wife against her ex-husband following their divorce. The couple remained the sole members of a Subchapter S corporation. The complaint sounded as a derivative claim of the corporation and as a personal claim of Jody, who alleged that Jeffrey improperly increased his yearly pay and took loans from the company, which were not repaid. Jody made personal claims for breach of fiduciary duty. Jody prevailed both for the company and her personal claims. There was also a cross-appeal. The Court of Appeals partially affirmed on direct appeal, but reversed and remanded to decide the question of whether Jeffrey did all that was required of him in repaying loans, which sounded in breach of contract. The trial court resulted in a judgment for the company and for Jody personally. The court affirmed on cross-appeal. Judge Murphy wrote, quote, Prior to the divorce, Jeff's annual salary from CPPI, Conway Precision Products, Inc., was $65,000. Each year, he also received a payment from CPPI that was listed on the company's tax return as a loan to shareholder, which Jeff considered to be a portion of his total compensation and which he and the family used for their expenses. Jeff testified several times during the trial that the loan to shareholder designation was a tax strategy advised by his accountant and that he anticipated CPPI would deal with the alleged loans at some point in the future. Starting after the divorce, Jeff no longer received a loan to shareholder as a portion of his compensation and was instead paid an annual salary of $148,330. $37 in 2015. In 2016, his annual salary and benefits totaled $2,011, $148. In 2017, his annual salary was $195,211. Jody testified that she asked him several times to lower his salary, and he ignored that request. On November 7, 2017, Jody requested financial information from CPPI via email to Jeff. On December 8, Jody drove to CPPI's office and asked for bank statements, credit card statements, and financial information. During that visit, Jeff called the police to keep Jody from the premises. On November 10, Jeff responded to Jody's November 7 email that she would have to follow the provisions of the Arkansas Business Act of 1987 to obtain corporate information. On December 20, Jody's counsel sent a letter requesting to inspect financial documents on December 29. CPPI's counsel responded on December 27, alleging that Jody's request was not made in good faith or for a proper purpose to CPPI. And declined the request. On January 31, 2018, Jody filed a verified complaint on behalf of herself individually and as a shareholder and member of CPPI against Jeff and CPPI. The first count was a request for the inspection of records. The circuit court ordered Jeff to allow Jody complete access to the CPPI QuickBooks and other corporate records on April 9, 2018. Jody's remaining claims were tried before a jury. 
Jody prevailed on some of her claims and lost on others. The jury found in Jeff's favor on the derivative collection of loan claim and on the request for declaratory judgment. The jury awarded $40,456.36 to Jody individually on her breach of fiduciary duty claim. The breach of fiduciary duty claim and the conversion claim were listed on separate verdict forms and the jury awarded CPPI $152,614 on each. The jury did not award any punitive damages. The circuit court entered judgment consistent with the jury's verdicts on March 25, 2020. The circuit court awarded judgment in favor of CPPI in the amount of $152,614 on the derivative conversion claim, and for $152,614 on the derivative breach of fiduciary duty claim, but stated in its order that CPPI may collect the $152,614 judgment described in paragraphs A and B herein only once in order to avoid any potential for double recovery from defendant Jeffrey Underwood. Additionally, the circuit court ordered that judgment be entered in favor of Jody against Jeff for $40,456.36 on her individual claim for breach of fiduciary duty. End of quote. Jody appealed on direct appeal and Jeffrey cross-appealed. There were separate competing motions to dismiss the appeal. Sufficiency of the Notice of Appeal Jody's Appeal Jeffrey filed a motion to dismiss Jody's appeal on the declaratory judgment portion of her claim because of lack of clarity. The Court of Appeals agreed. The appellate court noted that, while in some cases substantial compliance is enough, if the problem was minor and sufficient notice was given, this was not the case here. Her notice follows, quote, Notice is hereby given that Jody Underwood, Jody Lynn Duran, individually, and as a shareholder and member of Conway Precision Products, Inc., plaintiff, appeals to the Arkansas Court of Appeals the March 25, 2020 judgment of the Faulkner County Circuit Court entering judgment in favor of Jeffrey Underwood on plaintiff's claim for collection of loan and each and every issue or intermediate order decided in the above-captioned case necessarily affecting the judgment in favor of Jeffrey Underwood on plaintiff's claim for collection of loan. End of quote. The problem in the present case was Jody sought to expand this. Quote, Jody identified only one portion of the judgment in her notice of appeal and did not provide notice that she intended to appeal remaining portions of the judgment. For these reasons, we grant Jeff's motion to dismiss the declaratory judgment portion of Jody's appeal. End of quote. Jeffrey's Appeal Jody filed a motion to dismiss a portion of Jeffrey's appeal because he paid part of the judgment and mooted the appeal. The opinion reasoned that his payment was not voluntary, so it denied his dismissal motion. Quote, an appeal becomes moot if the appellant voluntarily pays the judgment or a portion of it. However, a payment is not considered voluntary if it is the result of a writ of execution. In any case, the posting of a supersedious bond is one of the most important factors to be considered in determining whether a judgment was paid voluntarily. 
Because there was a lien on the funds, the disbursement was not voluntary. We also consider whether the sale of the property was voluntary. All this court has before it is the closing statement and the divorce decree. The divorce decree orders that all marital real property be sold. Because the sale was ordered by the circuit court in the divorce, it was not voluntary. Jody's partial motion to dismiss Jeff's cross-appeal is, therefore, denied. End of quote. Arguments on Direct Appeal Claim Against Jeff for Derivative Loans from Corporation to Jeffrey Jody challenged denial of her claim against Jeff for loans from the business to him. The Court of Appeals ruled there was insufficient evidence that Jeff did what was required of him in repaying the loans without a specific due date, so it reversed and remanded on this claim against Jeff. Quote, According to the jury instructions and the testimony at trial, it was undisputed that a loan from CPPI to Jeff existed and was classified as a loan to shareholder. Jeff testified that he understood the loans had to be paid back in the future in order to classify them as such on the company's tax returns. It was also undisputed at trial that Jeff had not paid any portion of the loans back to CPPI. According to the jury instructions, the only disputed issue at trial regarding a breach of contract was whether Jeffrey Underwood did what the contract required of him. There was no evidence entered at trial that indicated a date or circumstance for repayment of the loan to shareholder. We hold there was no sufficient evidence for the jury to determine Jeff had done what the loan contract required of him. Therefore, we reverse and remand the judgment with regard to the loan collection derivative claim. End of quote. As to the interest rate of the loan to Jeffrey, none was stated, and the appellate court reasoned this should be determined on remand. Cross Appeal Jeffrey challenged the award to the business against him, which was couched in conversion and contract, but the trial court had ruled there would only be one recovery, so the court reasoned it was unnecessary to address the conversion claim that Jeffrey challenged on Cross Appeal. Jody's Individual Claim for Breach of Fiduciary Duty The Court of Appeals upheld the recovery by Jody, which it reasoned the trial court accepted as a claim different than that of the business. Quote, The jury returned a verdict for Jody individually for $40,456.36, which was precisely the amount of taxes, penalties, interest, and preparation fees Jody testified to. Jody presented substantial evidence that she suffered an injury separate from the injury suffered by CPPI, so we affirm the circuit court's judgment on Jody's individual breach of fiduciary duty claim. End of quote. Failure to demand the derivative claim from the business. The cross appeal challenged the corporate award because of Jody's failure to make demand. However, the decision explained this was no bar because demand on the business would have been fruitless. Quote, Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 23.1 states that a verified complaint bringing a derivative action shall also allege with particularity the efforts, if any, made by the plaintiff to obtain the action he desires from the director's or comparable authority and, if necessary, from the shareholders or members and the reasons for his failure to obtain the action or for not making the effort. Despite the Use of the word shall in Rule 23.1, 
we have held that there are situations in which the demand requirement should be relaxed, and if the demand is in all likelihood a futile gesture, it is not essential. End of quote. Jody's complaint alleged, and she testified, she had asked the corporation, so an attempt was made, but in any event, demand would have been fruitless, the opinion added. Quote, because Jody did allege a series of demands and futility in her verified complaint, and because she presented evidence of both at trial, we affirm the circuit court's judgment regarding Jody's derivative claims. End of quote. Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 23.1, Actions by Shareholders, provides, In a derivative action brought by one or more shareholders or members to enforce a right of a corporation or of an unincorporated association, the corporation or association having failed to enforce a right which may properly be asserted by it, the complaint shall be verified and shall allege that the plaintiff was a shareholder or member at the time of the transaction of which he complains, or that his share or membership thereafter devolved on him by operation of law. The complaint shall also allege with particularity the efforts, if any, made by the plaintiff to obtain the action he desires from the directors or comparable authority, and, if necessary, from the shareholders or members, and the reasons for his failure to obtain the action or for not making the effort. The derivative action may not be maintained if it appears that the plaintiff does not fairly and adequately represent the interest of the shareholders or members similarly situated in enforcing the right of the corporation or association. The action shall not be dismissed or compromised without the approval of the court, and notice of the proposed dismissal or compromise shall be given to shareholders or members in such manner as the court directs. End of decision.